0: Hey everybody, Brian Fonseca here to tell you about the multi-time award winning series out now that is Side Hustle, which is created, executive produced, hosted, and edited by me, Brian Fonseca. Side Hustle is a sit-down interview series that taps into sacrifice, the odd avenues taken to progress closer to your ultimate dreams, and some jokes as well. Because, you know, we always got to find it funny and we always got to find time to laugh. Side Hustle has been named to the best TV and web series category at several different film festivals, including the 2020 International New York Film Festival, the New York Movie Awards and a host of others. Be sure to watch season one in full right now on either BrianFonseca.net or YouTube.com slash BrianFonseca. Brian with a Y, remember. All eight episodes, trailers, teasers, and promo are free to watch, and the series as a whole is approximately two hours long. Everyone has a story, everyone has a side hustle. Be sure to watch Season 1, out now.
1: hard to tell podcast episode 164 dexter heavy brian fonseca here we have a guest i've been trying to get this guy on the podcast for quite some time we go way back we go back to covering high school basketball um in the nyc a long time ago my guy mark raymondi uh with espn uh now does a lot of coverage with combat sports mark what's up man long time no see
2: what's up fellas and it has been a long time right it's been yeah a long time since we chatted I know we text once in a while here and there, but uh, I think we go at least back a decade, right, Dexter? Like at oh, least at least we're 2010, talking even before
1: it might even be before that, man. It might be like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because because I would like to tell the people so they can know because we like when we read new journalists on um, Mark, you started with I know you from working with Five Borough Sports with our guys Dylan Butler and our guy Zach was there, um, mm-hmm. going way back to to doing that. That's how you kind of got your start into sports journalism, right?
2: Yeah, I um, my first job was at uh, the Times-Ledger newspapers in Queens, um, mm. yeah, where I worked with Dylan Butler. And then and then the, uh, the four of those guys, me, Dylan, Zach, and Joe Staschewski. sorry, Sports sorry Sports, Joe, I forgot yeah. you, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, that was, uh, and that was
1: 2009.
2: Uh, 2000, sorry, 2008, we started Five-Boward Sports. So I was, I was at the weekly paper before that, then 5 Borough Sports, then the New York Post, uh, starting in 2009.
1: Yeah, that's it. And so that's that's how back, that's how far back um, we go. And now you've been working, covering a lot, which is Brian, if you did Brian, you know, you guys just met, but Brian loves violence. So he loves combat sports. Well, we, is- we, we
0: we met once before at, I don't remember which UFC card it was, but Daniel Cormier was in the main event. The, actually, I remember Daniel Cormier versus Derek Lewis. I oh, I Yeah. 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 Because Mark was going to come on the pod around that time. And yes. then you got sick. Yeah. I remember that. You got sick. Uh, either that week or whatever which i mean <laughs> i think you were actually sick at the event which you would never
2: obviously do nowadays
0: because <laughs> given the times i <laughs> <that> were in
2: <laughs> but all, actually all the travel with all the travel like every few weeks getting on a plane and then jumping from city to city like i i used to get sick yo often and mm-hmm. dex talked about
0: the same thing because he's like yo this is kind of messing with my immune system a little bit Where oh, like yeah. you're t- Cause you're going in different, all these different areas or whatever. The weather's like always changing. Like I can't imagine that. Cause I, I've had jobs where I've had to travel, but not that much. Like Dexter knows.
1: Yeah, you know? for, for Mark and I, we work pre-COVID, we're traveling a lot. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. you know, it's you, you're always getting sick and you're always dealing with dealing with the elements and being different places. It's definitely tough. Uh, Mark, now you're doing the ESPN, you know, thing and you're you're writing, you're covering uh, combat sports. What what has that experience been like for you?
2: been great it's been really great uh it's been it's been really cool to to kind of be at the uh the starting point of the espn ufc relationship with with the ufc on espn beginning in 2019 so they started in 2019 in january and i got the job in, in april so I've, I've almost been there really from the very beginning of the espn era in the ufc and uh i really do feel like the ufc has grown since since january 2019 in the last you know two years being on ESPN, getting that kind of promotion, and it's uh, it's just been a really, it's been a really cool experience to tell those stories and have that kind of access to the athletes, the highest, you know, the the, the highest level athletes in the world as far as combat sports go. So it's really been uh, it's really been great. It's been uh, it's been the highlight of my career th- thus far.
1: It's dope, man. You're doing you're doing great work. I love it. And I texted you the other day because. I really like this feature you did on, on Jake Paul. There's been a lot of talk about it. Brian and I have talked about him on this podcast uh after his last fight with Nate Robinson, and you had the article, Boxer or Spectacle Inside the Attraction of YouTuber, YouTuber Turned Fighter Uh Jake Paul. And I think when you look at this piece, uh Mark, it's really it's a really good look. And I'm kind of recommending this for anybody who hasn't read it yet. About should we take Jake Paul seriously? Right? Should the boxing community, media, everybody who watches the sport, should they take Jake Paul seriously? After working on this piece, what do you say to that? Is Jake Paul someone to be taken seriously?
2: Well, I guess it all depends on your perspective, right? I think that in terms of, well, to me, to me, this this is a story more about boxing and the the business model and the format and the structure of the sport. Mm -hmm. It's very much built on pay per view on broadcast rights, yep. on money. I mean, it's it's a money sport. And the best fighters in boxing, the best boxers in the world, are not always necessarily the ones who get paid the most amount of money. The ones who sell the most pay-per-views are the ones who get the most amount of money. So the, the idea for this story kind of came uh, with, with my editor Andrew Feldman and I discussing well, well Jake, this whole Jake Paul phenomenon it pretty much swings the balance a little bit between good good boxing and who can make the most money. Because for the most part, even 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 the guys who make a lot of money on pay-per-view now, they're still very, very good at boxing. They're still championship caliber, even if they aren't the best. But Jay Paul is not championship caliber. That's obvious. We know that, right? Yet he is one of the most popular boxers in the world somehow at 2-0. And, and he's probably standing to make the kind of money that, even the top championship level boxers, uh, are right now, uh, you know, how much they're making now. So the whole idea was to kind of, you know, contrast that to what's going on in boxing. Now, how did this happen? You know, why is this the case? And, and to me, it's really more of a story about not only boxing, but also today's culture. It's really mm. more about yes. popularity yep. and, and what can drive clicks and views and, and what can go viral it's re- that's really the world that we're living in now and and jay paul is capitalizing off that in a different medium than he started in obviously he started as a social media influencer he still is but now he's pivoting to boxing which uh-huh. you know some would argue kind of a brilliant decision because there are a lot of the same principles in boxing uh, in combat sports huh. because the same thing what what clicks works what goes viral sells it's all about the money and the views and the attention and and he's doing it and i think so far He's been doing it very well i mean say what you want about him i don't think he's uh, you know a great boxer i don't know if he'll ever be a great boxer <laughs> right but if he if he if he he gets he, he starts the conversation he finishes the conversation and he sells so that's i mean at the yeah. end of the day it is a business
0: and so wh- it's funny ahead, hearing you
2: say that mark it's funny hearing you say that mark because there are some parallels with
0: and dexter you see what i'm saying here with this and just the world of music in general, where a lot of people we've talked about the differences in this podcast between underground rap, quote unquote, mainstream rap. And now we're in a generation where guys are just like trying to put forward whatever antics they could in order to get popular, thinking that that's going to sell music. This is sort of Jake Paul, by the way, has made a few songs. So like there's sort of a good connection here. So whatever. I haven't heard any of them. But, you know, he's obviously gone that route as well. And then you talk about, like, just trying to stir something up. How many times have you heard this in MMA where guys are, like, ranting at the end of fights or women are ranting at the end of fights? Oh, I'm not somebody who calls people out and they don't give me opportunities. You're smiling because, you know, it's true. You've heard it. Like, they're like, oh, this person, like you know, they start talking trash and that's how they get opportunities. And I'm over here, I'm just winning fights. And it's happened to guys like, especially in the flyweight division or some of the lower classes, whether it's men or women, like a lot of guys, I think Figueroa was like this too. Like he was just going about his business for a while and then he finally gets the opportunity, but it took him a long time because he didn't really say anything. He wasn't Mm. somebody like Conor McGregor who also like hyped up his fights and was a big, big star. And Jake Paul is doing this at a time where, And this is what I want to ask you. Is this poor timing for boxing or great timing for boxing? Because the sport clearly needs something, but the sport has also been like, I was optimistic when PBC started, but clearly we've seen, and even with the zone, like things have really like not picked up in the way that they should.
2: I think, I think it's probably a very good time for boxing. If you're, if you're Jake Paul, there's certainly a market there for these kind of fights uh, when, you know, there, there's that heavyweight, you know, triumvirate of, of of those three guys, Joshua, Fury, and Wilder. And Fury and Wilder have fought, obviously, but you know, Joshua hasn't gotten in with those guys yet. So there's kind of that desire to have the best fight the best, and that's been kind of a long running issue in boxing. Is you know, can the best? Well, the best just freaking fight the best already, right? Oh, just, yeah. Give me the top guys. Give me the champions. Have you seen like, Canelo- see who's knowledge.
0: Canelo's fighting next?
2: Yeah. I, yes, I, I sure have. I sure have. <laughs> you know, I look. He he's supposedly going to fight three times in 2021. So if that's the case, then I don't mind. You know, a little bit of a, of a tune-up fight coming coming in next before he goes and fights. Uh, you know, Saunders. But I I do think for Jake Paul, I think it makes I think it makes a ton of sense. And uh, and look, I I actually want to before I even continue with that with that train of thought, I want to go back to what you said, Brian, because what you said about rappers and hip hop. and and the new generation like the soundcloud rappers and that type of stuff that's exactly what timothy bradley told me when i talked to him for the piece about jake paul Mm -hmm. he said i'm an old school guy i like the old school rap the old school hip-hop but jake paul is kind of like the soundcloud rapper you know he's he's popular with the kids he's got a fan base he's like i don't really know what he's doing or what he's saying or if it's any good (laughs) if there's any quality to it but he's get he's getting the masses over and uh and 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 tim bradley uh, said that he, he appreciates it and he respects it. And he, he said, he told, he told, you know, he told his boss at ESPN, let's get a YouTuber in here. Let's get a bot, you know, let's get a YouTuber on the card for the next, you know, big ESPN card. So he's like, if you can't beat him, join him and, and, and bring, get more interest. And, and I think that's what, you know, it, it's, it's such a hard, there's so many things going on in the world. There's so yeah. much stuff coming at us yeah. at, at all moments of the day on our phones, on our laptops, everything. And if you can get through that noise and Jake Paul has to at least a, a, a major demographic of people, younger people, that's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. And if and if he wants the box and, and people are willing to pay to see it, I think that's OK. I do think there are some limits. I, I do. I don't think that anything that people would pay to see is automatically good. And you can say, OK, you know, write it off. Uh, I'm not that much of a capitalist. But but in Jake Paul's case, it seems like he's he taking it seriously. He's training very hard. He listen to his coaches. You know, he's. He's really solid in sparring. You hear some of the sparring partners say, you know, he's got some talent. And he's got the, the the following. And if people want to pay to see it, sure. I don't know how long it lasts. I don't know if this is a long-term, you know, phenomenon. But as of right now, it's the here and now, you know, it's, it's maybe it's a fad. But it's working, whatever he's Probably. doing. It Mark, depends on who he fights. That's all I wanted to say. It also depends on that, too.
1: Mark, in your piece, uh, you had a quote from Clarissa Shields that where she spoke to TMZ. And she said, they're making a mockery of boxing. I just say that because there are so many fighters who deserve to be on that platform under Mike Tyson and Roy Jones did not get that opportunity. Jake Paul's making his money. He's doing his thing. But stay away from us real fighters. So as you brought up, everybody's not uh, on that same positive side of the fence, right, where they're like, hey, this is a great opportunity, great promotion for boxing. She used a very strong term of saying that he's making a mockery um, of this. When you're talking to other people, is everybody as optimistic as Tim Bradley or are there boxers and, you know, MMA guys and gals who are like, no, nah, we're, we're not down with this?
2: No, it's uh, there are people who, who were very upset about the whole Jake Paul situation. And I understand. I completely see that side of it, too, because, you know, if you're if you're a boxer, you know, you grew you grew up either loving the sport or maybe you're in a tough situation where you grew up. And you need something to do to get out, you know, so you become a boxer and you and you take those incremental steps, you know, from amateur to maybe, you know, USA boxing, then to the pro level. And, you know, you're hustling and working your ass off for years, for a decade, before you even see any kind of uh, amount of money. And sometimes you never even get there. And Jake Paul has two fights and all of a sudden he's headlining pay-per-view. So I understand, I understand where boxers are coming from. I think that's a very legitimate gripe, but it's not it's not necessarily Jake Paul's fault it's more the system's fault he's just exploiting uh-huh. the system that already yeah. exists so the, the really the fault if you want to take fault with anything it is the system should it be that way should it be more of a sport I wish it was I mean I I, I mean I, I wish in an, in an ideal world combat sports MMA boxing would be more of a straight-up sport like anything else because Jake Paul's not going to go play the, like the three guard for the Lakers.
1: Exactly. Right, <laughs> no right,
0: right, right. Doesn't,
2: it doesn't matter how popular my man is. He's not going to go play, you know, linebacker for the Rams. He's right. <laughs> just, but in boxing, he can go boxing headline of pay-per-view. It's very different. And and I do wish it was a little bit more of a meritocracy in combat sports. But the fact of the matter is that it's just not. And, and, he's, and he's exposing that very much.
1: and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become a patron today. When we get to a point where this guy, particularly Jake Paul, is headlining a fight, and maybe some more talented fighters than him or better matchups than whomever Jake Paul may be fi- fighting could be uh, the undercard on that. Is that something you think we could see in the next year or two?
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think that right now he's fighting for for Triller, which is the the social media app that's the, they're promoting fights now under the the Fight Club banner, which is also co-promoted and and co-owned by uh, Snoop Dogg. Uh, and I think that their model is going to be more of the celebrity the athlete from other sports, the social media influencer, those type of people getting into the ring and boxing, maybe that changes, you know, down the road. I think it's uh, it's going to be very much, you know, trial and error. And it's really going to probably depend on what people want to see. Whoever can draw interest, you know, who it's, it's, it's such a weird, it's such a weird, uh, I mean, it's so different right from the other sports because it depends on what people are willing to buy. And mm. and if people are not willing to buy it, then it's no good. It doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you are. If you're not willing to buy it, if people are not willing to buy it, it's just not going to do well. So there's going to become like a breaking point. There's got to be a marker somewhere. Like Logan Paul was supposed to have an exhibition match with Floyd Mayweather. seems like that's been postponed. I'm not sure why it's been postponed. Thank but God. Is there, <laughs> but is there enough, is there enough interest for that. You know, right. is, is there a market for that? And I think there's going to be a lot of people over the next year year plus kind of dipping their toe in the combat sports world to see if there's a market for these different kind of fights between influencers or celebrities. I mean, there was celebrity boxing like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is kind of the next evolution of that with social media influencers and uh, it's just uh it's interesting and I think that I don't think I'm not sure if it's going to really penetrate combat sports so that, you know, the UFC is going to start putting, you know, you know, YouTube stars in or anything like that. But it may have a market on on all on its own. It might. Huh. And, and the thing is, like when it comes to this, like ultimately people will want to pay. And Jake
0: Paul knows this. Otherwise, he wouldn't be doing it. People will pay to see him lose like that's something else that it comes mm-hmm. down to. And this is why I'm actually legitimately intrigued for his next fight. He's fighting Ben Askren who is an awesome wrestler, but is historically sort of just made fun of for his boxing, which we've seen, you know, not so well in UFC, which leads me to believe like, and Jake Paul has talked about wanting a certain level of respect for doing this, for actually taking on a fighter. Uh, I think he could actually win this because it's a boxing match, which I don't know what that would say, but he's obviously being very careful about who he's going to fight. So, like, what do you think could stem from that fight directly if he does win? And do you actually, like, see a scenario where he could win this fight? Because I think it's actually possible, given that Ben Askren is not really a
2: boxer. Yeah, I definitely think he could win this fight, absolutely. Uh, He's, I mean, there's a big age difference. Uh, Jake Paul is much younger. He's only 24 years old. He's pretty athletic. He's got some power in his hands. Uh, I will say about Ben Askren that even though he's a wrestler, this is a guy that's been an MMA fighter now for you know, more than a decade and he has sparred with Mm -hmm. very good boxers, very good strikers. And, you know, he's, he's been through, I don't think Jake Paul is going to give him anything that he hasn't seen before in the gym or in, or in the cage. So I'm actually really interested to see it. I'm very curious. I think it could really go either way because, because Asker is not known for his boxing. He's a tremendous wrestler and his wrestling ability got him, you know, two championships in two different organizations. He won UFC fights with his wrestling and, and Jake Paul is a very unproven combat sports athlete. So it's, it's really interesting. as far as like winning and losing, I think um I think it's really important that Jake Paul wins this fight for his for his future because this is this is a this is a fight that is obviously designed for someone who is two and in boxing against someone who has no boxing fights whatsoever. So even though he's fighting a combat sports athlete, it's not someone who has really any experience in competitive boxing other than, right. you know, just practice. So it's, it's certainly, certainly his team sees this as a winnable fight. Otherwise they wouldn't be giving it to him when he's two and zero. when they have grander plans down the road, they want to fight, you know, a Conor McGregor or someone like that down the road. So this is a, this is a must win for Jake Paul. If he's going to continue on and be a hot act for a while. Um, I think, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how long he can keep this going for because his, his whole promotion game, it may not be as effective if he's coming off a loss. Uh, so, and, and if he loses, does he even want to continue doing it? So, I think it's yeah. it's all very much, very much touch and go, and uh, and and that kind of it makes me. I I'm not gonna lie. Maybe call me a mark, but I'm kind of I'm uh, not M A R C M A R K. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want I, I kind of want to see that fight. I'm I'm pretty curious about it, guys. It's, yeah, I am too. See, I'm that's
1: that's men. interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to ask because,
0: like, all right, let's just assume he wins. Like, we we regroup, we watch it, he wins. Let's just say it's just a decision because I don't think he's going to knock Ben Askren out. But see,
1: I was going to get Askren's to that, Brian. Him. Does it does it matter how he wins, right? Do people need to see him? Uh, I don't think it'll be like Nate Robinson, obviously. And <laughs> we know he's, you know, and that also has a lot to do with who steps into the ring and how prepared they are. But does it matter, and I'll, I'll to you, and I'm throwing this to Mark as well, too. But does it matter how he wins this next fight against Askren? absolutely
2: it does it matters if he if he wins by knockout and that's another addition to his highlight reel man people are going to be really upset because jay paul is going to be bigger than ever he's going to be a bigger star than ever and he's going to move on to an even bigger fight next uh if he if he wins by decision i think he'll still move on and be a bigger star but it just won't have that kind of cachet uh you know if he goes to an eight round decision against Ben Askren I don't think it'll have that kind of same drawing power because I think people do want to see knockouts there is I mean it's entertainment and yeah. I, th- I don't think people want to see a boring fight I think people want to see Jake Paul or Ben Askren knock the other one out uh, and, and both of them have their fans and both of them have their detractors so there'll be there'll be people on both sides wanting either one of those things and a decision maybe it may feel a little bit unsatisfying but we'll see I mean that's the thing about boxing and, and MMA you can't it's not it's not pro wrestling you can't drop the result it has to whatever happens happens (laughs) right right i I think jake paul knows that and i think he's gonna go for the knockout because i mean he's
0: he's like when you're a novice in boxing that's kind of what you do like you're not but so patient so i think he's gonna go for the knockout and ben asker might use that to his advantage and try to get him caught but let's just say jake paul wins uh let's say it's by knockout decision whatever but let's just say he wins the fight if you project just moving forward like he's not going to start getting in the ring with actual, even journeyman boxers who have a record of like eight and eight. So are they just going to with Triller, just pull celebrities like other celebrities who want to do this? We saw Lamar Odom signed a contract recently, different organization, uh, a, a more dangerous and weird organization, which I wrote about on Desmond, but that's another story. But we saw like people like Lamar Odom are getting involved in celebrity boxing now. So clearly there's a market for this for better or for worse. Like, what are the type of things we can see for Jake Paul moving forward after? Because it doesn't look like – it looks like he's going to just avoid an actual
2: boxer for as long as he possibly can, however long this lasts. 100%. And, and there there are a few things at play there. The the boxing establishment, the commissions, and the purists, what they really want to see is is what you just said. They want to see Jake Paul go and fight you know, a journeyman, a gatekeeper, someone who's, you know, 10 and eight or someone who's, you know, even someone who's like five and 11, someone who's been boxing for a while, you know, they're never going to be, they're never going to be a championship level boxer, but they're solid boxers and they could beat most, you know, they can beat almost every other human being, you know, in their weight class in the world at boxing. Um, And that's what, that's what the commissions want from Jake Paul, because it's hard to, you know, the commissions regulate all this stuff and it's kind of hard to figure out, you know, how to, how the heck to regulate, a YouTuber against, you know, an MMA fighter, like, how does that, it doesn't really compute, <laughs> you know, when you're trying to like say, is that a, is that a mismatch or not? It's so hard. It's so, it's so hard to say, but I mean, I spoke to, I spoke to Jake Paul's uh, advisors, uh, Nikisa Badarian from uh, BA BFA LLC. Um, he's the key advisor for Jake Paul, former UFC exec, uh, really, really sharp guy. And uh, he said, that's just, it's just not in the plans for Jake Paul to fight, Boxing prospects right now or boxing gatekeepers because, again, even though they may be more skilled than him and certainly more experienced, he's so much more well known and and that and they're operating on a whole different wavelength of of the business. You know, they're not getting. It doesn't make sense for him to go fight, you know, some guy, uh, you know, in in San Bernardino County, California, you know, in front of a, a few fans. I mean, you know, barring COVID and all that, but for him, <laughs> it has to be a big event. It has to be someone else across from him that's going to draw interest it can't just be any old name that no one's ever heard of now maybe down the road that's what ends up happening but for now that's not part of his plan his plan is to fight mostly MMA fighters who have some kind of a uh some kind of interest behind them some kind of following online some kind of you know some kind of attitude toward them so I can see him fighting you know with Dylan Danis who is a Brazilian yeah. world champion and an MMA fighter Conor McGregor's uh training partner and yeah. then uh, and then who knows from there right? it depends I mean the UFC. A lot of these guys are gonna contract with the UFC, so it would have to depend on whether or not the UFC will let them fight Jake Paul in a boxing match. The UFC is letting Ben Askren do it. They gave him the okay. Ben Askren yeah. reti- retired You know, he just yeah. had he just had hip surgery. You know, he's not he's not gonna be going into this fight at, at his peak, at, you know, athletic abilities also in his late thirties as well. So that's also worth remembering. But it, it's gonna be something like that. It's gonna be someone with a name, someone with some some intrigue. It's gonna be it's gonna be something that that's going to warrant a pay-per-view main event. And that's just not going to be like some guy who's, you know, six and 12 or whatever.
1: Yeah. Paul and his team seem to clearly have an idea of what it is they're doing. That's the one thing I took from your piece, Mark, too. They, they understand the business and wavelength that they're on. I think Paul had a quote where he said the fight is the side product here. Mm-hmm. He, he clearly understands that. So to, to put a bow on this before we let you go, the state of boxing, Brian and I talk about this all the time, where the sport is, how it's growing? Are we seeing necessarily the best fights? I think a lot of us around it would say probably not. Um, where do you, where do you see boxing right now? Where do you see them grow? Even with all this going on with Jake Paul, Mark, where do you see the sport and its health right now in 2021?
2: It's uh, look, I don't I don't prescribe to the whole boxing is dead theory. There is a lot of talented fighters, and there are a few divisions right now that, if things fall the right way we could be seeing some really, really interesting matchups. You know, there, there are so many good fighters at lightweight, you know, there's, there's the heavyweight matchup that, you know, hopefully we see Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. Uh, You know, there's the Terrence Crawfords, the Lomachenkos, the, you know, Teo Lopez's. I mean, uh, all those guys, uh, Errol Spence. I mean, there, there are a lot of big fights in boxing that just need to be put together right now. And that's just kind of the, the idea. And it's not easy to do. It's not easy to do. And, and and that's kind of one of the reasons why 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 Bella, of course, you know, New York boxing promoter, longtime New York boxing promoter, said that maybe boxing kind of left themselves open to this type of Jake Paul thing. Maybe yeah, maybe okay. he has kind of exploited a vulnerability in boxing's model because the fights that people want to see are not being put together. And uh, and and maybe that changes in twenty twenty one. I really hope I really hope it does. I mean, to me, there are uh, when it comes to combat sports. It's not as as you know as I've been saying and as we've we've been discussing. It's not just about how good you are at boxing or how good you are at, at MMA. It's about it's about three things to me: three S's, right? Stardom, stakes, and story. Mm. You need to have all three mm. of those things. I just made that up, by the way, off the top of my head. That, that, was, that, that was dope, man. Was oh, you got to keep that. That you was great. Keep... And story. So you need to have some kind of an interest behind you first. That's that's okay. one that's one key ingredient. Second ingredient is stakes. What what are what are you fighting for? What is the fight for? Because if it's not fighting for if if the, if the winner and loser there's nothing that matters. Then what then what's the point? No no one really cares. There needs to be some stakes and story. And story is the is the trash talk a little bit. You need to have some element of trash talk, even if it's if, even if it's benign. But tell me a story. Tell me your tell me your reason why you're motivated for this fight. Tell me what this fight is all about. And that's what you need to capture the casual interest. Because there's there's always going to be hardcore MMA fans out there who watch every single UFC, watch every Bellator, PFL, one championship, the whole deal. There's always Mm going to be, uh, you know, boxing fans who watch everything, watch the top ranks and the Golden Boys and, you know, PBC and the the whole deal. They're going to be there. They're not Mm -hmm. going anywhere. What boxing and MMA needs, and the UFC does a good job, you know, uh, doing this, they need to bring in the casual fan. And to get the casual fan, you need those three things. You need those three S's. And if that happens in boxing in 2021 and beyond, everything is going to be golden. But right now, Jay Paul has those three S's and he is almost kind of making an example of boxing and telling, you know, and showing promoters like, look, this is how this is how to do it. And he's doing it uh, very nimbly through social media that, you know, you think Bob Aram knows what TikTok is? You know, nope. do you think that <laughs> you think that Bob Aram knows what like a YouTube story is like <laughs> probably not. But all respect to Mr. Aram, But. Jake Paul is 24 years old and he's been doing this since he was like 10 as far as like co- creating content. So he has a l- little bit of an advantage in, in that promotional uh, right. aspect, which is, uh, you know, it's it's hard to, to penetrate, you know, our psyches. Again, like I said earlier, there's so many things happening, so many freaking things happening. How do you how do you penetrate and, and make people interested in what you're doing as as a combat sports athlete? Jake Paul's doing that. So, you know, don't don't hate the player, hate the game.
1: Yo, well said, Mark. I, yep. I, I encourage everybody to check out uh, your piece on this. I thought it was very well. And like you said, it really kind of looks at the business of boxing and where, where things are right now. We appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming on. We gotta have you back um when That's we have true. to discuss some, some other fights because you had such great insight here. Thank you, man. Really
2: appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much, guys. What's up for your mom,
1: what time? What's up for your mom what time? One time for your mind this week. Uh, interesting what we're going to do. Usually we bring some news to you, something you haven't heard. Although these are things you haven't heard, these are things of more of a personal nature this week. Yeah. Uh, Brian with some personal news that he will be sharing uh, and myself with some personal news I'll be sharing. I'm going to let Brian kick it off first because his news is, I don't want to say a little more important, but it, uh, it's its very big. It's, it's, it's huge news for his career. It's something I've known that he's been working on for quite some time. We've kind of teased and talked around it on this podcast. Um, but I'm very happy for what he yeah, has to yeah. announce. So go ahead, announce, man.
0: Yeah, and you were, I think, the first person I told about this yeah. when uh I was started formulating the idea of playing of all things NBA Street Volume Three, you know, early in quarantine. We were just kind of like <laughs> going back on some stuff, but only yeah. Yeah. Uh it's my my debut fiction novel realistic fiction uh Hidalgo Heights the victims are taking up space it covers a lot of different things it's a thing that I've been working on for many months uh there have been a couple different versions of it that I've since like sort of rewritten or whatever but all in all like it's done like the manuscript and all that stuff is done so I felt comfortable announcing it now because all we're doing is just production and stuff like that I'm working with Mel projects mel projects in terms of like the production stuff and they're helping me with the editorial and things like that but this is a self owned thing like submitted everything to copyright you know what I mean like <laughs> this is gonna be a hundred percent like just something I'm doing uh and I have big plans for what it can be eventually because I'm looking for this to be a multi part sort of series like I will spoil that part and say that this installment of Hidalgo Heights is not the final version like there's going to be a continuation um but in terms of what it covers it's a lot like there are some sports elements though it isn't a sports story it's from the perspective of like I said in the in the video and you know we may also uh, have that on this podcast in terms of like an ad so you can hear me sort of talk about it there but it was just You know a lot of different things are covered there are a lot of different characters from all different kinds of backgrounds and granted it's mostly a latino american story you can't tell the story
1: Hidalgo heights you don't get more more latino than that but
0: but but that's to say like there are characters of all different kinds of backgrounds because you can't tell the story of latinos in america without black people you can't tell the story of latinos in america without white people so there are you know people of different backgrounds or whatever um and it's it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be something that I think a lot of people will enjoy. Um, I try to you know put some some funny stuff in there too, so there'll be some stuff that people will will laugh into. But it's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's gonna you know talk about just identity politics and you know stuff that goes on in the Latino community from a whole different array of people and perspectives and things of that nature. But you know I'm definitely looking forward to releasing it in the spring. Uh, don't have a date yet. But, you know, add author to the resume now on top of everything else. <laughs> yeah, man.
1: Excited for you. You told me you're working on this. And we'll get into this more once it's released and we really talk about the meat and bones of it on this podcast. Hopefully, but, uh,
0: hopefully I'll have a cover. It might. It looks like I might have a cover this in February, so yeah. this month. So, so, so we'll I mean, see.
1: it's huge. You know, you put work into it. I think this is a testament for people to understand what a lot of creative people with the right mindset did was try to... Work on things and be as creative as possible during the pandemic, and Mm -hmm. you know, you use that time to do something good and positive. So, you know, I for people, I have not read it. Um, I can't. I know a lot about what it's about and characters and stuff that I talked to Brian about, and Brian asked me questions and perspectives. Um, and I was honored.
0: I I will say it's 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 kind of different from it's kind of different from even those conversations that we had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But
1: Brian did ask me things about. Different, which I'm honored to be able to give some information, characters and perspectives, and 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 it's my experiences and stuff. So yeah, you know I I think it's interesting. I, I'm very intrigued to to read it, man. Especially because I don't read a lot of fiction anymore. So I'm I'm very intrigued to read it. It's not that I don't read a fiction at all. I just don't read as much as I used to. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely uh, excited to to read it. And that drops as you said, it'll drop in the spring sometime. So we'll have more announcements on a release date and everything, man, and it's it's huge. Um, yeah. Also of note, because pe- I put this in the one time for your mind that we're talking about it here, people should check out Brian's video piece that he did with Deadspin, um, where he talks about the, the Latino community and also social activism and everything that surrounds that. I thought it was really good, really well done. I had a chance to look at that before it was released, too, a lot of it, and it being released features some great people, Jessica Mendoza, Stephen Espinoza, um, some really great people. So, you know, I, I know it, it it's Black History Month, but I think it's a great time to look at the voices of our Latino brothers and sisters. Um, that sometimes gets suppressed in the mainstream media, and that should not be the case. Um, and I think that's a lot of what Brian talks about. So as a black person watching it, I just was like thought it was dope to see those voices from our Latino brothers and sisters. Like it, it made me proud to to see that. Um, and you know, a lot of views we've seen on Twitter already, Brian. So salute, man. I I hope that that piece does well and touches people in the way that, that it was supposed to. Um, so, you know, I'm very, I said it on Twitter. I'm very proud of you for doing that work. It's necessary work. Uh, and we as minorities have to continue to do that in journalism have to, man. And, and,
0: And I don't know what the numbers are necessarily, but for me, and you know, I don't know if my editors will want me to say this, but I don't care what the numbers are. I just know it was impactful. I know because I can tell that people felt it, I could tell that it resonated with some people. I don't really care if it was watched by two million two hundred thousand or just two thousand because I know it was impactful and I know it was good at the end of the day and that's how it stands out to me like there's some stuff that you know in terms of reach and numbers like that's out of my hands like I can post it, tag whomever, do my part, and then from there it kind of like it does what it does. you know what I mean so i I, I say that to say like as creatives. We can't just get too caught up in numbers and how things perform just from an analytical standpoint. You have to look at, like, just one, the quality, because quality should come first in general. But two, just, like, did it resonate with people? Was it impactful? Like, you don't have to know the numbers of something to know was impactful. Like, I don't necessarily know... Uh, like some of the shows I listen to, I don't know how many downloads their podcasts or whatever their show. Like, I don't know the performance of it from that end. I know it impacts me and a bunch of other people I know that listen to or watch whatever show it is, whether it's Levitar, Joe Budden, et cetera, et cetera. They weren't people that who always got numbers. And then, you know, after, you know, just being impactful for a certain amount of time, it just sort of got to that point. So we're all building at the end of the day. And I, I, I'm, you know, I I said that uh, 2021 was going to be uh, big in terms of like all of these things, and you know, a lot of those roots were laid in 2020 because during the pandemic is usually is is more often when I or not more often, but during the during the pandemic is predominantly when I wrote this book, and then well, we're still in the pandemic, unfortunately, <laughs> and then uh, this piece that I thought of like that was in 2020 as well, and I just knew that wherever I got a job at, this was something I wanted to pitch. So it just so happens that Desmond gave me the green light and uh, we collaborated on it and I was able to put it together. And I was happy because I w- I wrote it, produced it, hosted it, edited it. Like that was that was mostly all me. I had some help, but that was something I was able to bring to the table and show that, hey, there's there's a little more here uh, than you may think.
1: Yeah, no doubt, man. Definitely, definitely salute to that and the, and the work you're doing uh, for me this week on One Time For Your Mind wanted to talk about for a lot of us i know we started kicked off black history month with this episode but in january you notice we had a two-week break where we did not we did not put out any episodes and you know we came back last week and you know didn't get into too much of why but the real reason why is look man i got that caught that Ronan man i got covid i was i tested positive earlier in the month um I feel comfortable sharing this because I think it's important for people to know what is going on with this virus and what it can do and how it can impact communities. Um, I'm fortunate. I'm fine. I've now tested negative. I will be, at the time you hear this podcast, I will have returned to work. I took the necessary time to take care of my body, to heal, to rest, to get what is get got done. I'm fortunate. I did not have symptoms as bad as some other people I know who have gone through this and have experienced this. But what I would like to say to people take this seriously wear your mask and it has nothing to do with how you're necessarily living your life whether it's right re- if you're living it reckless you're probably gonna put yourself at a greater chance but I'm someone who took precaution I don't go out much other than for work or to maybe run an occasional errand here I took precautions I have no idea how I contracted COVID-19 and you know what when you contract it you realize none of that matters it doesn't matter how you got it or figuring out where. It's just really about, can you bounce back from this? Can you fight this? For me, to share a little bit of my journey, it started off with symptoms that I thought was just a stomach ache. Um, you know, Um, I had a stomach ache and some headaches the week I had it, and then it started progressing, and it got worse and worse. And I was like, oh, this isn't really good. I need to get tested. And I got tested, and sure enough, found that it was. And that was only because I did some research and saw there had been some stuff now where people were starting off with symptoms of stomach aches, and then it turned into, I did have a fever, and I did feel extreme fatigue. I mean, days where I barely could get out of bed, fatigue like that, muscle aches, body aches, it was really rough for about three days. And this pretty much took me about almost three weeks to fully recover. So this is no joke. And you know, one of the things I will share, and I share this with you, Brian, and talking about it, is the week when I started feeling the symptoms and I didn't know what it was, I was going out, and I did do some stories for work. And because I wore my mask and I take precautions, Some of the people that I interviewed and did stuff with and we socially distanced appropriately, they were fine. I informed those people, of course, when it was done. Contact tracing, also very important. If you find out that you have this, inform people. Let them know so -hmm. they can get tested. That also helps to save lives. There's a lot of great people doing great work around this, but what this made me think about and something that I do want to say on this podcast uh, before we wrap up is we have seen how this disease How this virus has affected black and brown communities in particular, low income communities in particular. And what I can tell you is, I'm someone who's privileged and fortunate enough to have one access to good health care, access to good food, access to a job and rest that I didn't have to rush back to when I was able to take the time to get myself healthy. Some people don't have that, especially in our communities. And by our, I mean the black, Latino, um, brown communities black and brown communities across minority communities across the boards and low-income that Have to rush back to work that don't have the good health care and this virus I can tell you it's very tough to beat if you don't have that you almost are going to have a tough time or not, Or another shot and to mention in our communities There's sometimes a lot of underlying health conditions where I can totally see how with combined with the symptoms of this This kid take you out. So this is very serious if you love your loved ones if you care about anybody you should be doing this i felt this way before this did not take me having i did not have to have COVID 19 to realize right. that right. i need to care about my fellow brothers and sisters out there i'm just saying more that people should realize the fact that if you've had it if you understand how serious it is please wear a mask please do the things that are appropriate we are now seeing that there are different strains popping up here in this country that aren't necessarily more deadly but easier to transmit and transfer to other people So, (laughs) it's even more of this time. We are not out of the clear just because vaccines are being doled out. It's more of the time to take it seriously. I'm blessed to be healthy. I'm fine. I'm glad I took the time to recover. But like I said, it took me nearly three weeks. I tested uh, positive for it. I then went and got tested again 10 days later and it still was in my system. So, that's another thing. Still might be in your system and you still want to be careful about what you want to do with that. So, that's my last thing I got to say. I'm not trying to preach too much. I'm glad that I'm fine. Um, There are a lot of people out there who are struggling with this. Uh, My concern was obviously for my family and other people around me I may have come in contact with. And and thankfully, they're all fine. So, look, wear your damn mask. Wear your (laughs) damn mask. Wear (laughs) your damn mask. And stop being an idiot out there. Because some people... Doing stupid stuff, risking it to go see Bow Wow in Houston and other places <laughs> like that. That's a whole nother thing. Wear your damn ass. That's all I gotta say. On that, one time for your mind. That's it. That's it for this episode of the A Heart Style Podcast. We want to remind you, yes, please stay safe, stay healthy out there. Please continue to support us. Check out Brian's piece on Deadspin. Be sure to look on the lookout for his book. We appreciate the support, the following. However you continue to support that is always important for us, um, especially when we talk about independent media, especially when we talk about independent things created by uh, minorities in media. That is always important, and we absolutely appreciate your support. So, for Brian Fonseca, I'm Dexter Henry. Until next time, y'all. Peace.